Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hello, Jade. Hello, Sophie and everyone listening. Now, how are we? You are a self-confessed birthday hater (laughs) and you've just had your birthday. How did it go? Highs and lows of the birthday. All right, highs and lows. I'm going to say that I originally this year planned to have a really, really big birthday because I wanted to celebrate myself in a big way and be like, I'm so proud, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, around this time of year, I just like get into a rut and not like it. And I thought, I don't want to do that this year. I'm not feeling that. What I do want to do is just have some really close family and friends around and that's it. So my mum and dad, Sophie and Nick, my sister-in-law and my two good friends, Abby and Digo, were there to celebrate with me. We had a beautiful dinner out. It was really low key. We had so much fun. And honestly, that was just the perfect birthday day. I couldn't have asked for anything more. The next day we just spent it with my kids. I actually slept. I did get my period and I was Mm. a little bit sick, but I'm 35 now and I, I just had a really good Really no good pressure, no expectations. Yes, just well, I feel better now that it's all done and dusted. So yeah. I feel like we're on the way out until the next 365 days. <laughs> but <laughs> no, that's good. And how are you feeling in general? I'm feeling a bit anxious. I'm feeling a bit run down. I'm feeling a bit. Um, I'm trying to get back into the swing of things because I'm feeling a little bit better in that way. But I'm also a bit overwhelmed. So. <sighs> There's a lot going on in my head, but I'm okay. How are you? So I think I said on last week's intro that I'd had a shocker that week before with gastro and lots of vomiting. Mm. The last week I have had such a good week. I have not been feeling sick. I have not been vomiting. I hadn't taken Zofran for two or three days. <gasps> I then on Instagram yesterday said, I haven't taken Zofran for two or three days and I haven't vomited. And so of course this morning I woke up and had a little <laughs> spew, but it was just a little, if anyone has had morning sickness or high premises, you know, that like first thing in the morning spew, it's fine. You get so used to it. You move you, on. You're not really vomiting anything up. You move on. You're just like, oh yeah, yeah. Can't complain about this. So no, things are really good. I'm starting to feel, I don't know, like really comfortable in my pregnant body. I went through quite a blur stage with it. I think part of that was because I went on a shopping spree. So (laughs) I now have things that I feel good in and fit me and just... Yeah. Look, nice. Retail therapy yeah. is real therapy is what I'm going to say. Yeah. And it has really, really helped me. So yeah, things are definitely looking up and I, I feel like Nick and I are starting to get our head around putting some or thinking about some supports that we're going to put in place. Like whether that be, you know, we haven't booked a postpartum doula yet, but just, just looking at like what their services can provide, thinking about the amount of days that the kids are going to do childcare versus if we get you know, a a nanny in for a day or two for a little while temporarily. We're just trying to kind of instate lots and then pair back from that rather than have 
our baby be completely overwhelmed and then trying to scramble for support then. So yeah, that's us at the moment. And I'll keep you posted when we actually book stuff in and things that you know, services that are out there if you've got the means to get a bit of extra support when you do have a baby. But we're not going to harp on too long with this intro because this is a bit of a longer episode and it's just with the two of us. So like you're going to get very over our voices if we speak for too long. Yes. So this episode is all about what a baby actually needs or what we think a baby actually (laughs) needs and a little bit about what you guys used and what you didn't use. So we hope you enjoy. Enjoy. So, Jade, I am excited for this week. Do you know why? No, I do not know why. Because you're in the dark. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not usually, oh, wait, I am, but on a different level. But I'm excited about this episode because you've curated the questions that everyone sent in about. Yeah, we're talking all things newborn essentials this week and how to not get swept up in the need to pre-purchase everything. So we're chatting about what are the things that you actually need when you have a newborn baby. Obviously, since I'm pregnant, again now this is a question that i've been asked a lot and that we've we've promised this episode for a long time but we're finally going to do it and we're just going to start the episode with a few disclaimers number 1 we are not judging any first time pregnant mamas out there who are going shopping mad and they're excited and they want to buy all the things because we were both there we had the fully kitted out nurseries I spent my entire four weeks of my first maternity leave folding everything (laughs) labeling organizing everything labeling everything to within an inch of its life I would have spent so much money on newborn stuff for Poppy and so many things that were just not necessary. So we are here to try and save you from doing that only if you want to. We are not here to take away from the excitement of shopping for the first time for a baby if that is what you want to do. Number two, babies are expensive if you want them to be. Yeah. And if you have the means to do so, but one thing I think, especially now that I'm pregnant for the third time and actually writing up the notes and and looking at, at what you guys sent in about things that you loved with having a newborn and things that you wasted your money on, it actually made me feel so much calmer that I have done and purchased absolutely (laughs) nothing for this baby so far. I'm only just after halfway and obviously still have lots of things from the last babies. But I would say to you, if you can, if you have some kind of budget around this period of your life, save on some of those things for your baby. Like we spend for our baby often without even thinking. And then if it's something for us, we arm and ah and generally don't go through with it. I went on a bit of a shopping spree last week and sure, spent more than I should have, but I cannot tell you the confidence that has given me. I went from feeling so over being pregnant, so heavy, so, you know, like I felt just like I was showing so much more than I should have for the amount of weeks I was. But after shopping and, you know, getting a few things that make me feel good and feel excited about dressing again, I suddenly was like, no, being pregnant can look and feel really beautiful. It's just that I was fucking over it because I was wearing things that 
I yeah. wore when I was pregnant with Poppy five years ago that I just schlep on out when I'm pregnant again the next time. And it was just making me feel down. So if you can save that money and spend it on yourself while you're pregnant or on yourself in that postpartum period, whether that be meal services, a postpartum doula, some clothes that just make you feel good about yourself, you know, in, in a body that will be very changed for a while, if not forever. Well, you purchased some things that will actually work postpartum as well. Totally, absolutely. And I definitely recommend that while you're shopping for pregnancy to think of things, you know, if you're planning on breastfeeding that you will be able to breastfeed in. But I just think that, yeah, we get so caught up and spend so much money on these babies that actually I think you'll realise by the end of this episode do not need that much, and then we're left with the bloody dregs, no clothes that fit us, nothing that makes us feel good, no niceties, when really if we flipped it on its head, I think the whole experience could be a lot more enjoyable. 100%. And I think after having three of them myself, I can quite confidently say that minimal does work best. It's less overwhelming. Uh, it's less stress. And most of us do live in places where if, you know, you do need something, you know, 10, 15 minutes or whatever, you do have the access to get to those things. So this whole conversation is about knowing that if you don't have it as soon as the baby's born, it is going to be okay. And you will find out that there's not much that you really do need. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you live in a super rural place and anything you buy online takes, you know, two weeks to get to you, obviously take this conversation with a grain of salt because, you know, there may be some things that you need to be prepared with. But otherwise, like a lot of what we're going to say, especially around feeding, whether that be bottle feeding, breastfeeding, You don't have to have all the things, all the gizmos, all the gadgets before the baby's even here. You can just see how that journey goes for you for a while and then go, oh, I feel like I need this item, so I'm going to order it online. Or I feel like I need this item, okay, I'm going to send my loved one to Baby Bunting, to Target, to wherever they sell it, and it'll be okay. There's nothing worse than having all the stuff that you don't end up using and then either not knowing where to hand it down. Like, yes, you can pop it on Facebook Marketplace, some things you actually just can't resell. You just don't have the time to do that. So I find that going the other way with having a lot less and then adding things as you need them is a way better process going forward with a newborn. Absolutely. So let's start off. Mm -hmm. You're a first-time pregnant mother with the wisdom of Jade now who's (laughs) three kids deep. You're planning on breastfeeding, but obviously you don't know how that journey is going to go. What do you need and what do you not need? Okay. The first time I had a child, I had a breastfeeding pillow and I found as much as it does work and it can be helpful, you really can just use a normal pillow off your bed to pop on your lap. I've never, ever used a breastfeeding pillow. I've used a pillow each time. And I think that's something, if you can get away with not having one, 
it is a bulky item it is. that, you know, and that is not used for a very long period of time. If you continue to breastfeed, generally your child after a few months or so gets the hang of it and you don't need a pillow anymore. So that is a very bulky item to just use for a few months. Absolutely. And it's another thing that if the normal pillow is not working for you, you can easily just get a breastfeeding pillow. And having one, when you do have a little poo spills or sprays, wheeze or vomits, it's actually really hard to take off yeah. in that shape while, rather than having a normal pillowcase and you've yeah. got 50 others that you yeah. can pop back on. Yeah. It's just a, a better way to go. So that's one of the things. Do you think you need formula before the baby's born and bottles? If I was deciding on formula feeding from day dot. No, you're a first-time mum who's planning on breastfeeding. Okay. Stick to your character, Jane. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. And if I did need that, then my partner or a loved one would go down the street, which is either five, 10 minutes away and pick a formula can up and a bottle. And we would try maybe one or two and see which works best for our babe. I think I want to give myself a real good go, a clean slate, having my boobs. I will admit though, that I did love having, is it lanolin? It was just a cream to put on my nipples because I was one of those women that always had cracked bleeding nipples with every breastfeeding child. So I don't know if it has to be lanolin, just some sort of barrier cream just to give your nipples a break in between feeding was something that really helped me. What about you? Yeah, so I wouldn't have a tin of formula. I think that's something that, you know, if your bub is needing top-ups, you can get it from the hospital, you can get it from the supermarket if that's needed and often that will be advised by someone too and it's very readily available at a supermarket I don't think you need that and especially because they expire and that kind of thing exactly I think maybe you could have a couple of bottles at home but I wouldn't go over the top with buying bottles even if you are planning on formula feeding I wouldn't go over the top with bottles because you don't know what teat your bub's gonna like you don't know what bottle you're just gonna like using so I would say just have a couple see how they go and then buy more if needed rather than having a whole cupboard (laughs) full of bottles ready to go that never get used totally so yeah I agree with that look I have been gifted at baby showers etc nipple creams every time and I've been very lucky it's not something I've ever needed to use. Is it something that's quite small and inexpensive? Yeah, I guess you could have one tube of nipple cream ready to go in case they're really cracked and sore, but I wouldn't say it's like a hundred percent essential. Once again, it's something you can get at a chemist supermarket. If you are finding that you were struggling, then perhaps you could. No, I'm going to say in my personal experience, I would just have that as a preventer. That's just how I am. And that's how my nipples are. And that's, I mean, this whole conversation, there's no a hundred percent right, a hundred percent wrong way to do this. There's going to be things that we say aren't necessary that other people thought were a lifesaver. So it's just because everyone's journey is different. Now, do you think if you're planning on breastfeeding that you need a breast pump before the baby's born? So I did have a breast pump before each child and I 
really loved it because I did have trouble in the first few weeks of producing too much, getting mastitis, needing to relieve myself. It was an effort to plug my medulla breast pump in with all the cords and this, this and this. And I'll, I'll let you talk about the pump that I'm about to mention because ever since seeing you with this pump, I thought it was an absolute game changer. And I think that if you needed to have something on hand, if yeah. your breasts were going to be engorged or it was going to be hard, that this bottle, this pump would be an absolute inexpensive game changer yeah. and it's called the Hucker Pump. You can get different pumps, yeah. I think, now in different stores, but I'll let you tell the story. Yeah, uh, look, I personally don't think you need a breast pump before your baby is born or as your baby is born, and that's not to say that no one's going to use a breast pump with their newborn, but I would pre-purchase a Hucker. They can help you catch letdown. They can help you store milk from the start. It's a non-electric pump. It doesn't even really pump. You just attach it to the other side and it catches your letdown when you're feeding, especially when you're first feeding. There is so much letdown on the other side that goes wasted in your bra, in your bed sheets or in a breast pad. So I would say because it's just a single silicon like tube, it's relatively inexpensive. No I think, yeah, there's no cords. There's none of that. It's easy to store. It's easy to clean. I think that's something that you could just have. The reason I say not to pre-purchase a breast pump is you just don't know how your journey is going to go. If you are a mum that ends up having to express and top up after every feed, you know, has to pump to really work on their supply, you are probably going to want an electric double pump because you're going to be spending a lot of time pumping. So you're, it's probably going to be worth the investment of a really good electric double pump. Once you know. Once you know that's your journey. But if you have a really uncomplicated breastfeeding journey at the start, you're probably not going to need a super expensive double electric pump. You may only start pumping when you return to work and then you may want one of those just small portable ones that goes inside your bra because that's what fits the stage of your breastfeeding journey. So I think that I'm someone, I had a breast pump before I gave birth, but I definitely bought a way more whiz-bang pump than I ever needed. I only ever needed a pump to get some stores up to, you know, go out or, you know, just, just to be away for a few hours. So I didn't actually need something that was that industrial. <laughs> it's definitely not something that you need to buy before you have the baby. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure if you have issues with feeding in hospital, I'm pretty sure they let you borrow ones from the hospital. It, it might sound weird because it's a breast pump, but I've lent my breast pump to so many of my friends because they just had to pump for, you know, a couple of weeks to deal with this, this and that. So they were like, I don't want to buy a whole new one. I think it's just one of those things that you can kind of see as you go rather than because they're an investment. And I think the same goes with things like nipple shields. Like I bought nipple shields to be prepared. I never used them. They're generally something that if a midwife or a lactation consultant in hospital feels that they would really help with your feeding, they can give you them from the hospital and then you can just buy them from the chemist. I mean, look, they're another thing that's inexpensive, but it's still another 
thing that you know, you really may not need to use at all. And I think that if you're aware of it, I wasn't aware of it with my first child and I wish I was because I probably would have given them a go. So I think that if you are aware that they are available, then that's enough to go, okay, this is not working. Can someone go grab me a nipple shield from the chemist? I think the same goes with the sterilizers, like I was saying for the breast pump. I mean, they're a bulky item. They can be quite expensive. If you do end up mainly breastfeeding like are you really sterilizing things that often that you need an entire appliance there for it I'm not someone who has exclusively formula fed before but I can very much assume that if I was formula feeding you know if if the plan while I was pregnant was to formula feed or if I ended up formula feeding I would be 100% getting a legit sterilizer that sterilized a lot of bottles at once. But I think if you don't know what your journey is going to be, I wouldn't buy one beforehand. Mm -hmm. You can just get those little microwavable bags or microwavable tub things that are super easy to use if you're not having to sterilize a whole heap of bottles. Brilliant for someone who is bottle feeding and planning on bottle feeding. There's so many on the market are the plastic tubs that fit multiple bottles in so you can do it all in one go. When I was breastfeeding and I would express enough for my husband to do some feeds. What? (laughs) I would express enough for my husband. (laughs) He's Sadly, he's not the guy to give it a go. But when I was doing that, I would use the assortment. It was just quick to put one bottle in, all the teats, and then that was it. But there are plenty on the market. Once again, though, until you know if or where or when, just (laughs) know that you don't need one. Yeah, beforehand. Breast pads, what did you do about them? Because I feel like there's something that at your first baby shower you could drown under a mountain of breast pads that people gift you. Fucking breast pads. Okay, those breast pads are more exciting for your toddler if you have a toddler because they stick them on as hats, as little shoulder pads, as baby nappies. They freaking love those things. You have to peel the little paper off and stick it or you can just pop them in your bra Honestly, with the second and third child, I just had no time for breast pads. I stuck whatever I had and sometimes it was like a dishcloth. Sometimes it was, honestly, it was sanitized, relaxed. My third child, it was dirty. Who cares? Her dirty chucks (laughs) from the bottom of the sink. Ah, Take this chick's advice. Um, But, you know, like there's so many options that you can just have that's in your cupboard, a face washer, anything that you need, a piece of toilet paper. A lot of brands actually nowadays, if you can't be bothered with the pads, do absorbable bras as well. So, and I think it's another thing that some people are real leakers and some people are not leakers. So we had, when we put these questions to you guys (laughs) on Instagram, half of you said, what are things that you really need? breast pads half of you what were things that you had lots of and you didn't need breast Breast pads pads. so it's one of those things I mean I think you could buy a packet of them have them there find out if you're a leaker find out if you are happy to just let it leak and be another bodily fluid that's all over you or if you are one of those people that really wants it all contained. I would love to say that I used the reusable breast pads, but I didn't. I used the disposable ones 
I just had enough other washing. Maybe I'll give it a go this time. Maybe I won't. You're I'll keep you posted. <laughs> you're rolling your I eyes. I know you're not me. going to. <laughs> now, did you ever use those ice cooler pack things like for your nipples or for your vagina or anything like that? I never did. I thought about it. I wish I kind of had that option. But then again, every time I had mastitis or really engorged breast in the first few weeks, because my boobs are really, really tiny and saggy now, but they were just really tiny, I used, and I don't care what anyone says, there is something about a cabbage leaf Mm. from a refrigerator that relieves and soothes your breast and nipple to no end and it stays cold for a fair while and I used to stuff those in my bra the other things were too cold like ice packs and things Mm. like that I would get a really cold a face washer pop it in the freezer and pull that out and Mm. that would work as well so I can't really speak about those because I I pre-purchased them and never actually used them I is that because you didn't I never had I never had cracked nipples I mean of course I had sore nipples but I never had them to the point I actually think that the thought of putting something that cold on it would be more painful than what they actually were but I've also heard another hack I haven't used this but if you don't want to buy specific ice packs for your perineum what you can do is you can wet a pad and just put the pad in the freezer and then put that in your undies so it's something that you've already got it's pretty inexpensive and you can pop that in your undies and that can help soothe as well well that's a genius idea thank you very much I've never tried it myself but the (laughs) postpartum ones because they're so big actually would be perfect because they would probably freeze more than a a normal average pad. Yeah. Another thing I would say not to buy a heap of similar to the bottles, just because you don't know which way your baby's going to go, is a whole heap of dummies. You can have a a couple there so that, you know, if that dreaded second night where they're awake (laughs) all night, if you want to give one a go, give it a go. I'm not saying don't have one there. But like my first baby, we had all these beautiful dummies, so, so many of them. She just refused a dummy ever. Didn't want a dummy. She's ended up being a thumb sucker. That's her thing. But you don't want to spend all this money on dummies to then find out that your child doesn't take the dummy or maybe you just don't end up needing one or, you know, you've bought 15 of the same one and your child likes the non-aesthetically pleasing one that has a different cheat. Yeah, I just 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 have a couple there in case but don't go overboard. I, I couldn't agree more. Two out of three were dummy suckers and one of them we went through I think about six different ones and I gave up and my mum, I, I remember the day she sat there with Billy for probably three hours and she just on and off tested different dummies and then finally one stuck and that was it and please be careful it was the ugliest one but (laughs) please be careful that you know you kind of want to get ones that are quite common because if you go to different places you need to be able to readily buy them if you lose them Mm. now we were talking about ice packs in your pants Mm. what is your underwear regime post-birth 
I had a disposable short set that you can get at Woolies or Coles and I would like a nappy like a nappy um, in the hospital and I would slip a massive maternity pad in for reassurance and instead of having to change those shorts all the time because they're expensive well you know you just don't want to have to change them every few hours every couple of hours I was just changing the pads yeah and that was easier for me and then from there I went on to Modi Body uh, postpartum undies And then after a few weeks, I was quite fine and just went on to normal underwear. What about you? Um, Yeah, I did grown-up adult diaper things. I think they were like Tina and Depends, the one that I used, and I used a maternity pad in it, so I was just changing the maternity pad every couple of hours, and then I would change the actual nappy like twice a day or something like that, and then I moved on to undies but with a pad in it yeah and then I moved on to modi body undies and then I moved on to regular undies and I will say something that some women don't know when they're going into a cesarean is even if you have a Mm. cesarean you're still going to bleed through your vagina even though a baby hasn't come out of your vagina and I think that sometimes People are shocked by that. If Even if you're having an elective caesarean, you will still need to think about pads and that kind of thing mm. afterwards. Okay, now feeding chair, yay or nay? Is this in the same category as a nursery? Would you like to speak about the nursery, Jade? I feel like you're itching to speak about the nursery. Speak about the nursery. I want to talk about the nursery because it's such an exciting thing as a first-time mum and a parent to have a nursery and paint the walls and decorate this and do that. But you don't need a nursery straight away. Your child most likely is going to be in a little bassinet next to your bed for the first six months and yes it is lovely and if I was a first time mum listening to me right now I go I'm not listening to you I'm going to have a nursery so you go and make that nursery and good on you (laughs) but I just feel like you don't need to have all the things like the cot doesn't need to be there yet yeah if you're going to have a bassinet yeah The nursing chair, I have seen so many people have the most beautiful nursing chairs. I always nursed and breastfed in my bed because my baby is always put to sleep in a bassinet next to me. And I did this because I was so tired postpartum that I didn't want to have to get up and go to another room and make that extra bit of work when I was trying to recover. So the less movement I did was better for me and I just got my pillow that I was sleeping on with another pillow, breastfed, and popped her back and the other one and the other one. (laughs) What about you? Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. We don't want to poo-poo on anyone who is excited about their nursery because it is a bit of rite of passage. It's exciting. You've maybe got four weeks maternity leave. You probably have crazy nesting vibes. So if you want to set up a room, go for it. But this poor baby that I'm pregnant with this time for the third time, we still haven't decided, like, once it's out of our room, if it's going to sleep in the spare room or in the study. So the the poor love hasn't really been thought about too much. But, yeah, I agree. I had it all set up with a cot and, you know, a special area to change her and da-da-da-da-da. And then, of course, she was in a bassinet 
sat next to my bed and she was getting changed on this like dodgy change mat on the end of the <laughs> bed because I was like every time she wakes up I'm not walking to the other end of the house no. to the nursery to change her on that change mat so yeah I, I think you don't need a nursing chair I used the excuse I was eyeing off quite an expensive occasional chair that I really wanted so I pretended that was going to be my nursing chair completely illogical ergonomically like could not have ever breastfed in that chair <laughs> like it was like a sling chair like there was no I wouldn't have been able to stand up I wouldn't have been able to get comfy I just used it as an excuse to buy a new occasional chair have I ever breastfed in it absolutely not does it look beautiful in the corner absolutely, absolutely. but I'm someone who breastfeeds on the couch because I find getting up out of bed and breastfeeding keeps me more alert and then actually makes me sleep better when I get back into bed rather than when I breastfeed in bed I then feel dozy the whole time and I can't remember if I've done both sides but or if I have I've been asleep or whatever yeah you now have a lounge room downstairs or are you just going to go to your couch upstairs I'll go to the couch upstairs yes. okay. yeah, yeah yeah and the thing that I found exciting was each time I had the girls would get into a new, new series but like something that had heaps of seasons so I think I did Friends once I did the OC once I did Seinfeld once they were often half an hour or hour episodes so it was like about the time, you know, you could either do two episodes or one episode in the time that you were awake. And it made me not dread getting up so much because it was mindless TV. So I didn't have to concentrate on it, but it made me go, oh, that's okay. Like, yeah, I'm up in the middle of the night, but how funny Seinfeld. See, do you know I, what I mean? I was drifting off. I never but that stimulated. Yeah, but I would drift off if I was in bed and then I found that made me more tired in the morning. Right, okay. Yeah, but each to their own. Yeah, like yeah, some yeah. people swear by feeding in bed, some people swear yeah. by getting up. But, yeah, I can't say that you're getting up in the middle of the night to go sit in the corner of a room <laughs> on your own in a nursery that your baby doesn't even sleep in. Like it's just probably not going to happen. And then you sit there going, it's collecting dust tomorrow. I need to dust this because yeah. no one's in here. Do you think you need caddy stations around the house for feeding? Absolutely. Uh, this is inexpensive and it's a genius mum hack. I think having one by your bed on the couch, wherever you are most during the day is absolutely genius. So where you've what's got, in it? So what's in it is you've always got wipes handy, you've got nappies handy. I usually had three or four just sitting there. I would have a snack like a muesli bar. I just always fill up on a little snack pile for myself and I'd have a bottle of water. and With a straw. Oh, I never. I, I have a straw phobia. I don't know if we want to go into this now, but <laughs> I can't do straws. So no, that'll get its own episode. Yeah, don't yeah, worry about don't it. Worry. It's too long to speak speak about. No, but like now. a bottle that has like an inbuilt like spout. So you are you still scared of those? Um, I think we need to hear a little bit about the phobia. Okay, really, 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 really quickly. When I was away and I was young, Mum, Dad, and I went to the snow and went to the pub, and I didn't know, but Mum used my straw to get a strawberry out of her daiquiri and she put the straw back in my drink and I couldn't get anything out of my straw. So I was like <laughs> sucking on it and sucking on it. And then I pushed 
out and this red stuff came out and I just, my heart dropped to the floor. Someone who has anxiety, I thought someone has drugged me or something's come out and it's horrendous. Did you think it was like a clot coming out of you? Yeah, something, I don't know. But it was a freaking strawberry mum stabbed because she needed it to get out of her cup. And ever since then, even like (laughs) I've always just been like, yep, no straws, yep, no straws. No, 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 I'm fine with no straw, thank you. So I've always happily opened a lid. Yes, okay. you can get the little spout. I think the spouts are eat. Like, look, if you... But if- you can get a flip lid too if you have straw <laughs> For our large community that also shares you this straw phobia, you can get a flip lid <laughs> for everyone else. You know, the, the small minority of you that are happy with straws, <laughs> you can get a spout lid or one that has an inbuilt straw. Is yeah. everyone happy now? We're We've all covered all ground. <laughs> Hang on, I need a drink. You're triggered. <laughs> okay, would you have a caddy? It's actually something I've never had before, but yeah, probably sounds like a grand idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. But I just know now that I've got two older kids, they're just going to unpack it and like put the nappies on their dolls, eat my muesli bar, drink my water, stuff a strawberry in the bottom of my straw. <laughs> you know, just that kind of stuff. But I would also say- Hang on, we're mothers- for the first time, remember, oh, sorry, stick I, to your character. <laughs> sorry. Um, yes, when I'm a mother for the first time. But I would I would also say don't stress too much about setting it up before the baby comes if you don't no. want to because maybe you don't know yet where you're going to be feeding. But, yeah. Maybe a bell for, like, your partner if you need anything. Yes, a bell, yeah. definitely. Or a whistle. Or a, a, whistle. a whistle is even more grating. <laughs> yeah. A foghorn. Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. All right, this was one of the most common questions, clothes. How do you know, like, what to get and how many of each size? You don't. And because you don't, you don't really go overboard. I cannot tell you that you're never going to know, or I can tell you because I'm about to tell you now, you don't know how big your baby's going to be when it comes out. So if you've gone and got a four zero because it's newborn and your baby's a bopper, well, then you're going to have to go straight down to Kmart or Target and get bigger sizes. Vice versa, if you have a preemie baby, you've got to go out and get smaller sizes. I think that it's really handy to just be very minimalistic without being so minimal because we know how much babies wee and poo in the first few weeks of life. And I think just getting a few, like I would say six, I'm going to say six. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, I would say five or six newborn suits. Yeah. I would say get a few three to six months suits yes. just in case you birth a porker. I would say don't worry about buying premature no. suits just in case unless you've been given an indication that your baby is really small or you're getting induced prematurely or you're having a cesarean prematurely. Obviously, that's a different thing. But, yeah, I would say five or six newborn suits are fine and then a few three to six months because if your bub is born and then newborn size, well, you're going to use the three to six month yeah. one soon and please buy the zip ones. Oh, please. Don't buy the button ones. No. Buy the zip, the zip ones. Zip all the way. I actually found this brand also when I was pregnant with Goldie. They're called Sukososhi or something. Oh, yeah. They're a bit more expensive. Sukoshi? Like, Sukoshi or something. Yeah. yeah. They're more expensive than 
a Bond zippy and I would say definitely buy some Bond zippies, but they have like basically a little swaddle at the legs that you can just tie off. So you literally like just click it up a little bit at the top and then tie the bottom and they're dressed and it's so easy for especially during awake times to just like undo it and change their nappy like you don't even have to zip or clip or anything like the bottom is just like a swaddle it's great and they feel really secure so they were soft. around when Yumi was born and they were so secure because they like being cocooned so yeah. that was like an extra bit of comfort for them yeah i also got a question on instagram someone asked does your baby need a going home outfit for your going home pictures? Well, duh. If you use Instagram, then definitely. <laughs> no, look, I'm going to be real here. When you are a first time mum and you're so excited and you want to have a really nice outfit, and I'm sure someone is going to buy it or you're definitely going to, it's nice to have. Do you need to have it for them to go home? Absolutely not. You probably will find it more comfortable and they'll probably become even cuter when you're home to do that. So I don't think that is an essential. However, if you would like to, then by all means go for it. And I think don't put pressure on yourself that they have to go home in that outfit because often the going home part is very stressful. All of a sudden you're told you can just leave and you're like, wait, like, do I need to do a test or something before I leave with this child, often they'll just want to feed just as you've, you know, got them ready to go or they'll do a poo explosion just as you're leaving through the front doors. So I would say if you want to get that really cute announcement photo in a cute outfit, which absolutely no judgment, maybe even just wait till you're home or just do it while you're still in hospital, but don't add that to the stress of the actual going home. The other thing that I wanted to add is mittens. I can't tell you how many packets of freaking <laughs> mittens I had and I never ever used them because I always bloody <laughs> fell off the child, but you can get the suits and bonds always do the onesies where you just simply flip the, the little bit of material over, over yeah. and that's it. So and that's the got- same with socks. You don't need endless pairs of baby They'll socks because basically everyone has feet on them yeah. and it's just another thing to keep track. Like I can't keep my socks in a pair, let alone ones that are like the Nobody size can. of a pea. So, yeah. Another question that people wrote in that they were quite stressed about is how to know that your baby is dressed in sufficient amount of clothing. For me, I always had the rule that it also depends what climate you're in. Like the first child was in Melbourne, so it was always a singlet, then another layer and another layer. And it's really important to have layers, I think, sometimes in colder climates because you can always undress them Mm. as you go inside and outside. So that's important. Here, most of the time, you don't really need clothes in Byron Bay because they're usually, especially if they're a summer baby, they're wearing a singlet or just a nappy. Mm. I think that's what makes the sleep suits so good Mm. um, is that if you want to, like I'm never someone who's had a thermometer in the room. All my babies have been summer babies, so I've been pretty comfortable in dressing them very minimally that they'll be warm enough. But lots of monitors as well have the temperature on it. If you are worried about temperatures, whatever sleep suit, you know, brand you decide to get, they have TOG ratings on them and TOG ratings say what thickness to use in what temperature. So you can literally just look at 
the TOG rating, look at what the temperature of the room is and you know and it tells you like, you know, just with one layer underneath or with two layers underneath and you've got it set. And so I think if you are worried about that kind of thing, that's where sleep suits can be really, I mean, they've got other benefits, but (laughs) they can be really handy in you feeling confident in the amount of layers they're wearing. Please note, the suits do not put your children to sleep. No. Just letting you know. But the other thing on that topic is, and I don't know if it's an old wives tale, but they would always say, if you are wearing what you're wearing, always, <laughs> if you are wearing what you're wearing, <laughs> always put one layer more on your child. Mm. But I run hot, so mm. my child would be extremely. Well, someone wrote yeah. in saying they were worried because they live in Tassie, but they always run hot, so they're worried they're going to be freezing their child at all times. So yeah. I would always have a muslin or a blanket. So if you don't have the extra clothing, just wrap them up. All right, are you ready for the controversial question? Go for it. Hit me. Swaddles versus sleep suits. Oh, the nasty ding, ding, ding. Okay. It's actually not that controversial. No, I don't know why I'm acting like that. <laughs> Swaddles all the way when they are a newborn. For me personally, I just feel like when they come out, they're coming out of a really tight, comfortable cocoon womb, literally womb, and they like to be swaddled. I know that there are a lot of mothers out there that say, no, my kid likes to have their arms out and if they sleep well, then good on you. They don't need a swaddle. I always wrap my children in swaddles. I found the stretchy material a lot better for me because it would really get them snuggled in and nice. As they got older, I would then transition them to a a sleep suit and that's when they would have, you know, their arms out. I absolutely love the love to dream swaddle at night because they would have the armless ones, so they're really quite tight, and then you can transition. Yeah, so the arms are by your side. Yeah, Yeah. and then you can go when they want to sort of, if they're starting to turn on a side and you're worried about that, you'd sort of unzip an arm and then you'd unzip a nut. So it's a very slow transition to getting Mm. them into you know, arms out, arms out. Yeah. But yeah, I love a swaddle during the day. And I like, if they were going to have a big sleep, then I would definitely put them in one of those little slip, little love to dream arms swaddles. Down. Yeah. Sleep suit. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I made the mistake of thinking that the smallest sleep suits you could buy were the ones that were arms still in the sleep suit but up around their ears and obviously like when they were newborns that was too startling for them so if you are buying sleep suits for your newborns definitely try and get the ones where you zip them up and their arms are down by their side which mimics a swaddle more look heaps of people on instagram wrote in ragging on swaddles they were like Swaddles were the biggest waste. We could have a whole episode on swaddles. Swaddles were the biggest waste. I've got so many swaddles, never used them. I definitely for this baby for efficiency will have more sleep suits so that in the middle of the night you can just zip them back up. It's all good. But I still think there's a place for swaddles. I think it's nice, yeah, during the day to just wrap them up in them and you can use it as a blanket everywhere, especially if you have a baby in summer. They can be just kind of in their nappy and it can be a light blanket. Are you ready for it? A sarong for yourself at the beach? A sarong for yourself. You can wipe up. A with it. So I don't. 
don't think there's no place for swaddles, but I do agree that you probably don't need to be gifted 50 at your baby shower like you're going to. I would say before having your baby, it is worth having maybe three sleep suits ready to go. Remember, you can wash things if something is soiled. It can be washed. All right, nappies. This is another thing that I think you need to be careful not to go overboard on. Similar to the clothes, you don't know how big your baby is going to be born when it's born. I would say just start off with one box of newborn nappies because if you birth a chonker, they could be out of that thing in no time. Or you may decide the brand you bought is not the brand that you want to continue on with. So just start with one box. As we said with the other things, all you have to do is go to the supermarket to get more or send someone else to the supermarket to get more and yeah just you just don't want 50 million nappies that your baby has grown out of after you know four weeks I don't need to say any more than that I agree but wipes feel free to go overboard on buying wipes you're always going to need wipes and when you become a mother you realize how much you use wipes not just on your baby's bum no you You wonder how you ever went without wipes like I clean the house with wipes I clean the car with wipes I get marks off clothes with baby wipes I wipe the windows the mirrors I use wipes everywhere so go nuts if anyone at a baby shower wants to hand people baby wipes go for it yeah and you just can't grow out of a wipe and let's just be serious for a second because you think oh what a gift baby wipes there are so many times as a mother that you're like I don't have enough or I can't find the baby wipes no, you need baby wipes in your car you need them in all your little caddies yeah you need them in the bathroom yeah. you need them in the kitchen you need them in each bedroom pram granny's house change tables. Now, can I just say you do not need to buy a designated change table. What I did was I I had to get a new dresser when Poppy was born and I just bought a change mat from on, for on top of it. You also don't need like a woven basket for the change mat to go into because if shit gets on that, you literally can't get it out and it becomes really impractical. Just get a surface that is a nice height for you, get a nice change mat and that is all you need. If you want to buy it, go for it because some of them are beautiful, but you do not need a change table. Or if you've had a C-section or a really hard birth and you don't even want to get up, just have one of those mats that you can wipe clean like at the end of your couch and at the end of your bed and just change your baby there. And I think having a bin with the other two kids, I never had a ba- like a designated baby bin baby nappies stink and you're going through so many throughout the night and day that they do build up. I actually had an invested in a really good nappy bin and it's kind of like the bags are in there and then it just like seals them as you pop it down in yeah, the Yeah, so was thing. it worth it? I've always thought that would be a waste of money. Was it good? Well, I never, the funny thing is I never went back and bought the bags because I just <laughs> thought that was too much effort. But then because it has like this little suction hole, it stops the room from smelling so I would just put a big bin bag in there Mm. and then just keep on putting the Mm. nappies in but when you open that that little suction thing wouldn't reek out any smell Mm. so yes to a bin next to your bed and then you really don't have to get up for the especially for the first like week when you're really 
you know, quite sore or really, really tired. You just have that in your little station. I will say one thing that is worthwhile is lots of little terry toweling nappies is what they're called. They're just like the little cloths and you wipe up spew with it. You can chuck it over your shoulder, especially if you've got a spewy baby. Poppy was a really spewy baby. They're really handy. Once again, you do not need 75. You can have like eight and wash them and that is fine. Now, bassinets, what are we looking for in a bassinet? Okay, we're looking at something that lets the baby sleep all night so you can have a good <laughs> night, a good night rest. No, something that is either at the same level as your bed if you don't want to stand up. It sounds like I'm a really lazy mum. All these hacks are like, yep, just don't get out How of bed. How can we not stand? No, look, some things that are really fabulous are really bloody flimsy and they break. I don't know what's on the market right now, but all I'm going to say is I absolutely loved having a bassinet for the first, I think it was four or five months next to my bed. Mm. And then I transitioned them into a cot when they got over it and I got over it into their room. So what about you? Yeah. So I would say don't necessarily go for things that are like super duper aesthetically pleasing and woven and everything, because then if there's an explosion, you've got like poo on your rattan. And often I do find that they're not as comfortable. Also try and avoid those bassinets that are really circular because they're not long enough Mm. and your baby grows out of it really, really quickly. I used a thing called, it's like a bassinet co-sleeper where you can pull the side of it down and in true Jade style can roll over, don't even need to stand up and get them out. And that was really, really handy. And does that just hook onto your bed? Well, yeah, you can just bring it up to your bed height and they're in their own little space, but they're at your height and you can pull the side up and down. It's called a co-sleeper. I would say if you can avoid the ones that are like on a rocking base, one of my best friends who had her first baby when I had mine, she bought this beautiful old school bassinet that had a rocking base, but there was no way to stop the rocking. So she'd put her baby in it and then her baby would like startle and wake up. And so she ended up having to jam something like underneath the rocker because she couldn't get it to stop rocking. (laughs) She's like, my poor kid's going to be seasick. Would you try a snoo? Well, so many people wrote in saying, is the snow worth it? it? And we have to both say we've never used the snow. We weren't so around. we can't say. After having done it twice, it's not something I've thought this time, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. It's not something that I felt like I was missing, but I know some people swear by it. I just wonder if it's a, another thing you then have to like wean your child off. Yeah. Now, yeah. baby monitors. Are you a monitor gal? Okay. In all honesty, I have had baby monitors. They have broken, annoyed me, just been so expensive and the biggest waste of money. I can hear my children like it's instinct for me. I am always checking on them anyway. I don't actually want to hear them all the time. I know that I need to like leave my children for a few minutes to let themselves settle, things like that. I have heard though, and a few of my girlfriends have been using literally an app on their phone that they can see their baby. Even when they go out to dinner, Mm. you do have to get a babysitter. You can't just like, (laughs) you know, 
just expect the phone to do all the babysitting for you, but you can check in and see what your baby's doing, listen to them, blah, blah, blah. So that is something that I reckon would be wonderful if I was having another baby just download the app. Yeah, I've. this is the first time since having children that I've lived in a house that's like, Kim Kardashian. Even, no, it's definitely <laughs> not Kim Kardashian, but even slightly of a size that would warrant a, a monitor. The last two times we had kids, the mo- monitor just annoyed us. We felt like we were sleeping with or not mm. sleeping with anxiety because it would constantly buzz or alert or it would be under 16 degrees and it would be vibrating <laughs> or, you know, like, and we were like, the baby's not even fucking awake. Like, shut up. You're waking us up more than the baby is. So I have never been a monitor lover. This time I am trying out an app monitor. Yeah. Look, a lot of people are against it because of EMFs. So you've just got to make your own decisions on that. I would also so you want to go into the settings and make sure it's constantly refreshing because there have been stories of people hacking people's oh Wi-Fi. I know it's scary, but like make sure you have a Wi-Fi and someone's password. Voice, someone's voice comes yeah, in. Yeah, and like yeah. yeah. So I just like look into them yourself. I, it's the first time I'm trying an app one. My only worry is I'm really good at being like you know if I'm out and I leave you know, we have a very trusted babysitter, like, or I really trust my parents with my kids. I'm really good at leaving and being like, they're doing their thing. Don't helicopter. I do worry that with the app though, I'll check check in and it's like, you're meant to be tuning out. And I do worry, like, is that fair on the person that's caring for your child yeah but that's a whole nother discussion that is an episode but they're things that you have to you know when you're doing like the monitor to monitor monitors or the (laughs) wi-fi monitors they're the things that you have to think about but I've never been a great monitor lover on that topic do you know when I had a monitor for Yumi don't is this gonna scare me no I woke up one night and no shit there was a ghost there was a mouse that ran across her. <gasps> See, I, saw the, uh, I across saw the her. eyes. I saw the eyes across her. The it looked at the camera. Yes, yeah, like the beady eye. You can see. Bliss. Yeah. Oh my god! And I honestly, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Not too much, but like enough to like not go. But like you live on a property, like there's gonna be mice here. Like there's. Oh, there. give me a notification if a snake <laughs> comes in the cop, but don't tell me about a cockroach or a mouse. Yeah, that's just ignorance is bliss. Yeah. yeah, see, that's why I've got an issue with monitors. <laughs> Sometimes it's just better not to know. White noise machine, yay or nay? Right, you and I, I think, are polar opposite to this. I love a noise machine. I think that, one, it relieves the stress and anxiety of me stomping around the house because they've got something when they go to sleep. Also, it mimics the womb, so they're used to a lot of noise. Uh, When I vacuum, it's quite fine because they're happy with that. When we have multiple kids, it's an additional noise. But hang on, I'm a first-time mum. No, but we can look. You can say. Anyway, I'm saying that I bloody love white noise machines. I don't know why you think we're polar on that. I love white noise. Sorry, different person. Different co-host. Yeah, Yeah, different (laughs) podcast, sorry. That's the other (laughs) podcast I do. She's super against it. No, I love white noise, especially 
if I'm being Jessica, who has two children (laughs) rather than the first time pregnant mum, when I'm Jessica, I think there's nothing worse than when a newborn's in the house, the toddler's had so many changes, and then you're on top of that also telling the toddler to be quiet all the time. It's just not possible and it's not worth the stress. So I do think white noise is epic. We were in an a good position that we had this super duper old iPad that basically you couldn't even do software updates on it. It was that old. So you couldn't use it for anything basically except for a white noise app. And I actually loved that because we could also have the white noise app on our phones. And so it meant that it was really replicatable wherever we went. So, you know, out and about in the pram, I would just put it on like aeroplane mode and be out and about anywhere. If you went on holidays, you didn't have to take a white noise machine with you. Just to charge (laughs) Just a charger for the iPad. But, yeah, like I also know that not everyone has a really, really archaic iPad lying around. So Someone did say an old radio, but I don't know where you can find them anymore. (laughs) It's getting really, really I feel like you'd have to go to an antique store and it would probably cost you more than a white noise machine. Definitely. Also on that topic, if we can slide it in, is I know we were speaking about lights and lighting. You can get noise machines that do have lights and they dim at all different levels. I had the glow drumming one, had a few different settings of lights, which was like a Oh, Juno, having little puppy ears, darling. Um, had different settings. So, you know, if you were going to feed or do anything, you could see it lit yeah. up the room. It was a two-in-one. Yeah, but then also if you don't want to get a white noise machine, you can also just get a lamp you like that you will also like when you no longer have a newborn. It's like it doesn't have to be in the shape of a koala. <laughs> it can just be a lamp that dims. Some people swear by the light of those salt lamps because they're a really mm. nice dim lighting. They don't feel like it wakes them up a lot. So, yeah, that's a personal preference. But it is nice to have some kind of lighting option that is low when you're awake in the middle of the night. Now, to capsule or not to capsule, that is the question. Oh, to capsule. I'm going to say I know people have big babies and then they're out of them like that, but you can hire capsules for, Mm. you know, six months or however long you need them. And I loved a capsule because it connects straight into a pram. So if the baby's asleep, I literally take it out of the car, pop it straight into the pram with the connectors, go about my day. If I'm going to put the shopping in and I need to take the baby, I will literally unclip it, leave it in there until she wakes up. And I, I honestly, I absolutely rate a capsule. So I've had a capsule both times and have never, ever used it as a capsule. I think it's one of those things that you either love or you just don't think to use how it's meant to be used. I don't know if I'm super weak. I found them so, like I would see women walking around with them just like slung over their arms. I wouldn't, and I wouldn't they're walk so with them though. heavy. And I felt like I just used the wrap carrier and transferred the baby from the car into the wrap carrier 
and then back in again. I don't, it's just something that I haven't used, but I've tried each time and I'm going to try it again this time because it's going to be baby number three. There's going to be even more getting yeah. in and out of the car, not wanting to wake her up, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, no, Jessica's only got two kids. Sandra oh, has three Sandra kids. Did. Good on you, Sandra. Sandra has, no, when I'm being Sandra, I'm definitely going to try the capsule again, but I'm borrowing it off a friend because it's just something that I've refused to ever buy yeah. because I've never used it how it's meant to be used and within a few months I've gone oh fuck this I'm getting a car seat but someone said can you just go straight to a car seat yes if you don't think that you're going to use a capsule you can just do a rear facing car seat that then turns around to forward facing when they're old enough to do that and I would really recommend even if you think you're going to be a capsule user hire it or borrow it from someone because I've got a friend who bought her own and her child is I think he's four months now and he's already already grown out of it. It's a waste of money. And it's such a waste of money. So there's these higher places that have prams and car seats and all different things everywhere around Australia and you can literally hire them for three or six months and it is a hell of a lot cheaper. Yeah. One thing I will say is with Billy, for some reason I decided I'd get a newborn to eight years old car seat. Mm. I'm going to say I've never been, it could have been the brand, I've never been more upset in my life. Well, big call. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that episode we did a couple of weeks ago? Did I? <laughs> <laughs> That's that laugh when she thinks she's really funny, but she actually is this time. <laughs> okay, so the reason is is because it was just the baby was so tiny and the car seat that I had, the little head piece, it was really expensive and a good brand, but it just didn't come it, it her her neck was uncomfortable or unsupported. Anyway, I ended up using it when she was older, when she was like from four till whatever whatever. But for newborn, I ended up going again with a capsule because mm. I had a child and you know, I was Marsha then. So <laughs> Marsha had one child and newborn, she needed a capsule. So capsules all the way. All right, rockers. Oh, are they a necessity or not a necessity? They're a fucking necessity. I love a rocker. For so many reasons. I had the Charlie Crane rocker. It was aesthetically pleasing. I loved it. However, I also had had a few things in my day. I had the Stokey or Stoke high chair. And in that high chair, it was from newborn age all the way up to toddler. And it had this bassinet on it so you could sit them up in the high chair feed them or they could just watch you do whatever you want to do and then it would literally you could unclick it pop it on the floor take it to the beach it was the best thing I've ever had and I think because it comes with every single stage to toddlerhood it was such a good investment even though I got gifted it huh does it rock yeah it's a rocker Oh, like it's a little bouncer rocker. Oh, wow. So it so the legs spring out after you fed them, you unclip it, the back legs spring out and you can rock them. Oh my god, cuz I'm getting one of those cuz I've got a stokey high chair. Yeah. And so I'm getting a newborn attachment this time because so many people said especially for consecutive babies, it's so good cuz it gets your baby up and away from your toddlers. Yep. And if you've got pets and that kind of yes. thing, it gets them up. They can see you while the, while 
you're eating dinner, take while it to the beach, you're... cooking dinner like it's nice and high. But I didn't realize that it was also a rocker. Oh, you just wait. Oh, You'd mate, be so excited. But I'm a big rocker fan. I did have the Charlie Crane rocker as well, which I know is a huge investment. I think it's a handy luxury. It's not an essential. You no. can definitely get less aesthetically pleasing very functional rockers. The Charlie Crane one I think is great for like as a newborn rocker because it's quite, you know, they snug. lay quite far back and it's really snug. So so I don't actually necessarily think that's an essential. I think you could get away with just like a lounger pillow, which like I loved my lounger pillow. And then when they're a bit older, you could get like a baby Bjorn rocker that sits up more and actually moves more. A couple of my girlfriends, they had the, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a really old school one. And it's perfect if you do take them to the beach because it's got holes in it. It's literally the white like, one with the holes yeah, in white it. With, yeah. It looks like a shopping bag, yeah. like a yeah. recycled shopping bag. And it's, it's really, really comfy, really inexpensive and really easy to watch. But you couldn't sit a newborn in it. You can actually. My girlfriend and um, what's her name? My sister-in-law, Greta, sat their newborn in it and you can. I don't think you would put it on in the holes. You can just put like a swaddle once again, something useful there and they can just lay in it. So, yeah, yeah, it's up to you. So we touched on lounges. There's all different types. Like there's the cocoon baby, the docker tot. I had a snuggle me organic, which I loved. I found it such an easy place for the girls to nap during the day and you can move it around. I personally bought a Moses basket before having Poppy and never, ever, ever used it. It seemed to be very uncomfortable, even though it's got handles. I didn't find it portable because when you go to pick them up, you kind of feel like you're folding them in half almost like like a shopping bag yeah yeah they're all of a sudden like you you feel like you're picking them up by the scruff of the neck almost so look some people may swear by moses baskets they're not for me i've never used it once again if they get shit on the cane it's just it's not a time you just need something that you can throw in the washing machine which is what i loved about the snuggle me organic and yeah Snuggle me all the way. It was a big investment though. But I I there's lots of different varieties now though. Oh well that's good. And different brands. And I I used it like all the time. I would take it on the couch, I would take it to a friend's house, I'd take it everywhere. So I think like I know we've got a rocker and then we've got a snuggle me, but like if I was just resting on the couch and I didn't want to put her into my bed, like, you know, in our bedroom, I would literally pop her next to me and it was just I would say in the newborn stages, I used the Snuggle Me more than I used the Rocker. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Carriers. Okay. Are you a are you a baby wearer? Absolutely. How if Marsha is a absolute <laughs> baby. Wearer, I can't remember how many kids Marsha's got. Sandra D <laughs> is a baby carrier. I think we're all baby carriers. We've got a lot to do as mothers in life. Like, don't ever underestimate your toes and what they can pick up when you have a baby <laughs> carrier on. Like, I was picking up toys and everything, but when my babies are tiny, I find that the ergo was too big for them so I had the baby Bjorn carrier and it was really really comfortable really really supportive on my back and I could bend over I could do anything I could go to the toilet I was really really happy with that as they got older for walks I would then transition to an ergo 
these are big investments. You can literally stay with a baby beyond. I just, I tried all of them over three children and I used the same ergo for two of my kids. They are washable. They're fantastic. There is a new one on the market that I keep looking at and it almost makes me want to have a child, but I could put Juno in it. So who knows? It's what? the anti-pope one, you know, that everyone yeah, has. The Ar- Artipope yeah, the or something. something. They're yeah. absolutely beautiful. <laughs> they're they're, even, they're even more of an investment. And look, everyone I've seen who uses it swears by it. But my only reservation with it is you can't do forward facing in it. Oh no, game changer. No. See, so I when the baby's a newborn, do a wrap carrier. And I know some people shudder at that because they're like, oh God, it's so complex to do. But once you've got it down pat, it's really easy and you can wrap it to be as tight as you want on you. If your partner's a different size than you, they can also use it. You know, I I love the wrap carriers. And then when they get to about four months, I use the Ergo Baby Carrier. And then I use that through to them being like two years old. I, I The Ergo Baby is one of the best investments I think you can make. They can go front facing they can go on your back they yeah. can go all around your body facing yeah it's brilliant <laughs> between legs <Yeah. laughs> that's where they came from um prams yeah what are you looking for in a pram i'm looking for something that looks good something that has plenty of storage depending on your budget something cost effective and something to have a holder or a place to have a holder for your water or your, you know, your keys, something that you actually just need your go-tos. I've had a fair few prams in my time. I like all-terrain wheels. Mm. I like ones that have a handle that is like for height so my husband feels comfortable Mm. when he's using the pram and when I'm using the pram. And I will say this, when I was Marsha and I had two kids, the mountain buggy duo was literally the best best investment I've ever made purely because it would actually go through single doorways. I took it to Paris and it was the... So was that a double pram? It's a side-by-side pram yeah. that can go through oh, a wow. single doorway. Yeah. It is brilliant. So yeah. that was the best pram. I love a bugaboo. I, I don't think you can go wrong with a bugaboo. There's so many options, but there are so many options on the market for different range pricing that you really... I'd be surprised if you found a really, really, really shit pram. I mean, you probably would, but what are you looking for this time? I think you've got to think about where you live. So, for example, when I had my second, the girls were two years apart and I tried for a bit to see if I could get away with not having a double pram and just doing a single pram with a skateboard. And to be honest, for my peace of mind, I needed a double pram. I needed to know that if I was out and about with both of them and Poppy wasn't going to cooperate and get in the pram that I could strap her in if needed. I used a Red's Baby Jive which was like an up and down pram and it was perfect because it's quite compact for a double pram. It's easy to convert back into a single pram and where I was living at the time had like uh, footpaths everywhere so it didn't need to have massive all-terrain wheels. This time the suburb I live in actually has lots of nature strips without footpaths. So this time I'm actually going to get, I think, a bugaboo donkey because they have really big wheels. I can do a side-by-side pram and put a skateboard on the back so I can take out all three at once. Yeah. 
Just because all I three of them wait to see yeah. you. Oh, mate. You will be. Beep, beep coming through. Right. But I think one of the best things you can do is get a tiny travel pram that just lives in the boot of your car that you can just flip out and it's compact, it's small, it's, it's yeah. But I think you'll be surprised when your baby's a newborn how much you use a carrier over a pram. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, to finish off this episode, we are just going to run through a few things that you guys sent in that you thought you'd need and you didn't end up needing just so that, you know, you've got more than just the two of our opinion. Some of them do overlap with well, things we've already talked about. They had several versions of us the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, they had Marsha, they had Sandra. You watched Jessica. Fucking who knows. So, so many people wrote in saying that they didn't need dummies. So many people wrote in saying that they bought way too many swaddles. A lot of people said that they bought a super expensive baby bag and ended up using a tote most of the time. Should we talk about that really quickly? Yeah, go for it. What do you think about baby bags? I think a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to find a baby bag. And honestly, there are so many bags like now, like the Nimsol's bag that you just chuck your nappies, your wipes and whatever, clean it out with a baby wipe because it's rubber and it's so easy to carry. So easy and it looks nice. And it looks nice. And I think that you can buy those caddy things nowadays that are just like a pouch that goes inside. If you just get like wipeable pouches and those kind of things, then you can use whatever bag you've already got and pop them inside. I think we have this thing in our head that like – our bags that we use when we have a baby get like soiled all the time. It's very rare that you're carrying around a dirty nappy. Like most places you're changing your baby, there's probably going to be a bin there. And if not, just carry a couple of nappy bags and you put the nappy in the nappy bag. Like Mm. we're not ruining bags here because we've got a newborn. Do you agree? I do agree. I actually did have a Harry Austin bag and it was a high-end purchase, but what it was like the reverse. So it had the caddy inside this beautiful leather Italian bag. And after the baby got older, I took the caddy out and I just used it as a beautiful leather bag. Or if I wasn't taking the baby, I just take out the caddy. So it was a real win. -win. That's good. That's really good. That's using your noggin. So many people said fancy, cute clothes slash outfits. All the baby lived in was onesies, mittens, socks, and shoes. Oh my gosh. The amount of shoes you Hey, gifted. I gifted you shoes already. Oh, yeah, but they're for when the kid's older. Yeah, but how cute they're not, are they? They were so cute. But they're not a newborn no, size. No, I Breastfeeding pillow, bottle warmer, 100 different lotions and baby washes, baby powder and ma- baby massage oil, oh. a thousand tubs of pseudocreme. <laughs> if your baby has nappy rash, you can just go buy it if you need it. Nipple creams. You'll love this one. Baby hairbrushes. <laughs> Stop her. Look, I've had the boldest babies that like they haven't needed a brush until they're like six years old. Do you know how nice it is though to brush after a bath, brush your baby's no hair, like just slick it back? Yeah, but you don't need a baby you brush. You don't need it. You don't. Okay, I'm glad you agree. Someone said no more books. Stop <laughs> giving me books. <laughs> oh, yeah. A thousand different blankets. Agreed. You need two max. Definitely. I'd say three. 
Why? You wash know. one, you use the other. Yeah, I know, but I just feel like if I'm having a day. We're trying to pretend here that we're not. Okay, two, that we're man- minimalistic, two, two, right? Two. We're trying to, you know. One. one no, you need two, to wash it. A baby wipe warmer. Come on. Heaps of bibs just equals more washing. A mobile for over the cot. I've never understood them. Do they just distract the baby? <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. I've actually and never the been last able to get one. Them. Something that you get a lot of that you don't need. People's opinions. <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it, folks. Our opinions. Our opinions. For over an hour. <laughs> of what you actually do and do not need. We hope that was helpful, you legends. Bye. Bye from Jade, Sophie, Karen, Marsha. Sushi, Sandra, <laughs> and what was my name? Jessica. Jessica. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.